Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. Hey, this is Matt Steinmetz of Steiny and Guru, 12 to 3 on 95 7, the game. Let's get back to Willard and Dibs. Why is it Willard and Dibs? Dibs has been here longer. Let's get back to Dibs and Willard on 95 7, the game. Yeah, because things in life don't happen in chronological order sometimes. That's why. And also, it sounds better. Two syllables in the one as opposed to the one in the two. Well, we could do like a Benefer thing, uh, you know, like uh, Jay Flack, like they, you know, Dwibzard? a couple of. You, well, <laughs> Now back to Dwibs or Wibs or Dillard or right. Wibs. We can just be Wibs. Wibs. W I B S. Wibs. K Wibs. Which K Wig won't that. be on the floor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Might end up on the cutting room floor, but don't uh, miss anyway. AJ Rollins and the New Look Warriors. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, just one quick aside before we get back to the World Cup: Can James Wiseman get more than five minutes now? Probably not. Probably not. Trying to win. No. I mean, they're obviously... Uh, uh, Draymond's out with a Charlie horse. Did you look, by the way? Of course they're not trying to win. I looked. Did you look? Do you know what the spread is tonight? Did Spinoni, you look? just bring it up. Let's go. Game Let's show, go. F and music. If you're just joining us, there will be no Draymond. There will be no step. There will be no Andrew Wiggins. There will be Jordan Poole. There might be Clay Thompson. He's Claystionable. And there will there will be Except a two. two. I take a two. Yes. I didn't even look back. It was one of those that was funny in spite of itself. <laughs> Thank anyway, you. Uh, there will be the Philadelphia 76ers who have won three in a row all at home and they'll be at home tonight. They'll be right here on 95-7 The Game and Dan Diffley. Guess that, that spread. spread. Hi, here we go. What do you think? I got it. Well, Kyle in the break said 27. <laughs> I thought that was maybe a scotch high. A little hot. Little hot. But I am going to say it's going to be 12 and a half. 12 and a hook. Philadelphia favored. The fighting Kate Scotts. I uh, I forgot to give you a, uh, a, a margin of error. And usually it's uh, plus or minus a point and a half yeah, in either direction. Yeah. And so if it is plus or minus point and a half, you lost. You lost. You lost. 15? No. No, you're going the wrong way. Really? You're going the wrong way. Uh, nine and a half. Okay. Nine and a half. Philly needs to win by double digits in order to cover the spread tonight. I'm rested Warriors team. Uh-huh, right? Well, and they do, I, and it's one of my favorite words, you already know this, uh, when those guys are out, you throw the baby doves out. Sometimes they get plucky. They do, yeah. They do. They get. They're all like, "We're gonna go win," and they <laughs> they usually don't. But they they compete. Is it crazy to think that? And, and Philadelphia is good. They're not dominant. They're fifteen and twelve. Uh, they're very good at home. They're very weak on the road. Hmm. Reminds you of someone. So I, Philly's in a good spot tonight. There's no doubt. But. Could Jordan Poole or Clay Thompson, along with Jonathan Kaminga, Kevon Looney, could they put a game together? 
DiVincenzo. I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Of course not. It's the NBA. Right. You never know in these situations. And I, I didn't look to see what Philly had done recently in terms of rest, how fresh are they, and all the rest of it. But this feels to me... It's a terrible road team, Golden State Warriors, worst road team in the association, and you're going to be without three of your top four. And I don't know if Clay, if Clay is going to go, he's questionable. This feels to me like an absolute boat race. They are very well rested. They crushed by 20 the very upstart Sacramento Kings on Tuesday night. They have not played a game since. Um, their homestand has been the Lakers. They beat them in overtime. Then they blew out the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday, blew out the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday, been resting since then, and Joel Embiid is on a heater. Uh, Joel Embiid has scored north of 30 points in five consecutive games, and in one of them, scored north of 50. 53 against okay. Charlotte last Sunday. Yeah, and you got to ask yourself, who's going to guard well, Joel Embiid? James Wiseman, of course. Right, right. <laughs> so you're going to put Wiseman on Embiid for 32 minutes? Wise, exactly. Good luck. Yep, yep. It's, Lots of luck. It's going to be great. <laughs> By the way, bowl season's underway. I don't know if you noticed. Uh, I did not. Early fourth quarter action at the Bahamas Bowl, the hometown lenders Bahamas Bowl. Oh, shout out Clay Thompson. Bahamas Bowl. What's going on in that game? A UAB leading Miami of Ohio 17-13. So the Mac in a little bit of trouble here, Mark, in uh, the opener of bowl season. So on a Friday, they just decided to play the thing at 10 in the morning. Uh, it started at 8 our time. Jeez. Uh, uh, Bulls. What are we doing? How many people are at that game? <laughs> a good question. Do the people in the Bahamas even know that that game is taking place? I'm going to guess that there are plenty of good seats uh, still available. Um, Want to get back to Purdy, but can, yeah, can you give us uh, uh, a 62nd World Cup primer Sunday morning? Mbappe and the little genius head-to-head. This is a great matchup. It's, it's an great incredible matchup. Argentina and France. The golden ball is on the line. And uh, also the award for Outstanding Player at the World Cup on the line as well. The winner of this game, it'll either be Messi or Mbappe. France is a better team, but they have been stricken, Mark, by the flu. There's a flu epidemic that is circulating through the French camp. So we don't know what the relative health will be. France defending champs. Argentina hasn't won the World Cup since the famous Diego Maradona Hand of God, mm. 1986. I like Argentina in this one, Mark. 2-1. Bet the first half under. It's going to be a very tight affair yep. before things open up after the intermission. I just think Argentina, with France being flu-ridden, I think this is their time to get it done. 7 o'clock Sunday morning. Don't miss a minute what of it. What a great sports day. Yeah. You get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, take you all the way until 8.30 at night, have awesome stuff without a break the entire time. So that'll be a whole lot of fun. Argentina is a tiny, tiny favorite okay. in this matchup against France. It is very tight. Uh, these are two juggernauts for sure. Um, okay, 888-957-9570. We're going to go back to the phones in a minute and sort of circle back to all of you because I, I think it's the same question every week when we watch the 49ers play right now. Um, it's all about belief. You watched three quarters and you went, huh. And then you watched four more quarters and most of us went, okay. And now you've watched 11 quarters of Brock Purdy. And that puts your belief where? And, and I don't want to overwhelm everybody with next year. I don't even want to overwhelm myself with the Super Bowl. I want to go week to week, but 
They've already clinched the division. They have clinched nothing worse than the three seed. They will be hosting a playoff game with red end zones on January 14th or 15th at Levi Stadium. So I've reached a point now where I can certainly say I, in three games, I have not been able to find a reason why anything is off the table as far as what he and this team can achieve. Even with the injury to Debo Samuel. Absolutely. I mentioned this earlier. Absolutely. We, you didn't even really miss the fact that Debo Samuel was not on the field last night. You didn't need him, uh-uh. certainly. You had Christian McCaffrey, and you had enough in the pass game to where there wasn't even one moment where you thought, oh, God, God, I wish they had Debo for this one. I don't know if they can do it without Debo. No respect to, to Debo Samuel, but you've got such a talented offense right now and a competent capable quarterback that you think about getting Debo back and you hope that he is able to come back for the playoff game. All indications are that he will be back for that playoff game. I'm with you, Mark. I don't see anything out there that is insurmountable for this team. Well, the Debo experience, by the way, what what a wild thing that was. To watch him crying on the cart, obviously we're thinking, well, that's the end of that year. Um, And now to be a point where a week later, not even a week later, five days later, the division's already clinched. Debo's not gone for the year. And the next time they play a game that really, 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 really matters, he'll be there. He'll be there, in fact, before that. There's no reason he shouldn't be in the Arizona game. Um, Now, Debo is the one kind of guy, like you've talked about, rest versus rust. By the way, Kyle Shanahan addressed that last night after the game. Are you going to play hard over these last three games, or are you going to kind of be measured with the way that you approach it? Here's what he said. I mean, this isn't our final goal by any means. I'm very proud of our team and what we accomplished throughout the year to get to this. Our goal is to get in the tournament, and we accomplished that today, but um, now it's all trying to set that up to be the best situation we can and uh, hopefully get some of our guys back to in the process. Okay, so I take from that that we're going to keep playing and we're going to go for the two seed here because that's absolutely on the table for the 49ers. But, for example, I would say this. If Debo gets to New Year's Day and it's like, yeah, he could play. It's still a little sore, but he could play. Well, then hold him for the Arizona game. Hold him for the Arizona game. And, and so those kinds of decisions, I can see them being cautious. But overall, especially because today is only December 16th, there is no thought you're going to wait a whole month to play hard again. It won't work. You got to keep playing. You got to go for the two seed. I think on Christmas Eve and and on New Year's Day as well, you're going to see a full complement of 49ers for four quarters. Until you get to a point where the two seed is either secured or off the table, and you do still have an outside shot at getting the one seed. And I know it's not very likely. Philadelphia would have to really step in it in games where they have no business losing, including a game against Chicago. But it is a possibility. Philadelphia still has to play two, actually three, Highly motivated, playoff-hungry teams, Dallas, New York, and New Orleans. Philadelphia will be favored in all three, but these are not games that are going to be cupcakes. And even if you know you get into that spot where Philadelphia's already clinched the one seed, these teams they're going to be playing against are going to be hungry. So they have a duty to really try to compete at least at some level. Yeah. But you're right. And yesterday I was, you know, kind of making light of the whole bubble wrap everyone notion. But I will say this. Debo Samuel, I don't even want you to play in that Arizona game. There's nothing that he can do against Arizona 
that he needs to do. Well, gets, I think that he can get back. sharp on the practice field yeah, just I, fine. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna play if everything's all wrapped up when they play Arizona. They probably still go out there and handle it like a preseason game. Go play a half or something like that. Probably, just keep yeah. your legs moving. I was chuckling when you said that because it's hysterical to me that New Orleans is still in this conversation. They're four and nine. They're four and nine. They've already clinched the losing record. Only two out. Two games out of first place. Yeah. In in that division. Although I would say the likelihood is that by the time they get their game against Philly, they will be out of it unless something goes really, really right for them over the next couple of weeks because that's still three weeks away. So if the Bucks or even the Panthers can win a few games, um, they, then they, uh, the Saints will be out of it by then. They've got Atlanta, and then they go to Cleveland. So, you know, hosting Atlanta, they'll be favored, favored this weekend. They're favored this weekend. At Cleveland, maybe a toss-up. So if you win both, then you get to go to Philadelphia at least with some stake in the game. If yep. you don't win both, you're pretty much done. Uh, let's go to Rich in Fremont on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Rich, thanks for calling. What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm at work. I'm driving in Livermore on Palisades Road. Well, I tell you what, it's uh, it's only, uh, it's not even p.m. on Friday, so you should be working. Be thankful for that, Rich. I am thankful. I am thankful. Listen, guys, I think when it really comes down to it, um, I think the one thing that a lot of the sports officials have not pointed out about Brock Purdy is that this guy not only puts the ball where he needs to be, but he throws well on the run. I noticed that. You know, when he's running, if he's moving, he can throw the ball accurately when he's when he's running. It's amazing to watch. Personally, myself, you guys are talking about Dallas. I'm not afraid of Dallas. I'm not. Because the thing about Dallas is, even though they have a decent defense, when you rattle Dak Prescott, he, he, they're, they're just not that good on offense. So I'm not afraid of Dallas. Um, you know, I look forward to what's coming. Um, I say, hey, let, let's rock with the Brock. Thanks, guys. I love it. Thank yeah, you. there you go, Rich. That's the, the other thing that's important to remember now about the Dallas Cowboys is there is no scenario where the 49ers end up at Jerry's World. Um, if they play Dallas, it'll be here at Levi Stadium, and I think that's an important distinction. You saw the way those two teams looked last year. I thought the 49ers were clearly better. However, Dallas really stepped in mud constantly. Remember, they got penalized on every play in that game right. last year. Dallas can still win the East. Dallas well, can still finish okay. with the best record in That's the fair. NFC. That's fair, but so, again. You can't say there's no scenario. And again, son of a math teacher. You're right. You're right I'm on shouting that. shouting out Tom Willard a lot today, but, but Dallas runs the table. They're not winning. Philly steps in it. They're not winning Dallas East. finishes with a better record than the Niners. Dallas can still get the one they're, seed. They're not winning East. Minnesota can still happen. get the one seed. Uh, by the way, take a look at Dallas's schedule the rest of the way. And I'll tell you this. This will blow some people out of the water. I will not color myself shocked if the Cowboys don't win another game. Hold on a minute. Guru, are you listening? I will not. Now, Way not, off. I'm not predicting it. I will not color myself shocked. How would you color yourself? Um, color my numbers. Let's see. I don't know. I mean, you know. Would well, you color yourself uh, like green, nauseous green? Lay off. Depends. Is it the area of my body that can be seen while I'm golfing or not? Because I got a golfer tan, so, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd use kind of a taupe. Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't even like know that. what taupe is. Anyway, listen. It's a I, color flex right I, there. I already, I already said what I said about this weekend's game. This is a hard game for Dallas this weekend at Jacksonville. Okay? The very next week, they play Philadelphia. 
So, obviously, that's losable. On a short week, six days later. Right. And then what do they have? Two road An games. An even shorter week against Tennessee. Right. Two road games the rest of the way against playoff hopefuls, Titans and Commanders. So Three the, road, one home. Wow, that's crazy, and the home And the home team is Philly. So, I like, yes. I, I'm not predicting it, but Dallas does not have a cupcake left on that schedule. And three games over the course of 12 days. That's almost an right. NBA schedule. Seriously. They it, go Sunday, Saturday, Thursday. 18th, 24th, 29th. Two Florida home and then two Tennessee. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, that looks to me like a two and two, but what we saw from Dallas against Houston. Don't, I wouldn't color myself shocked either. There you go. If they, and I mean, if they know. lost all four. And by the way, if they lose all four and they wind up at 10 and 7, they're in jeopardy of, no, nah, never mind. They're still going to make the playoffs. <laughs> they're, they're just fine. Yeah. They're gonna, I'm telling you right now, Dallas can be the five seed. Dallas can be the five seed in the NFC. Although they could go 10 and 7 and finish last in the East because that would mean they <laughs> lost to Washington. Is that true? Because the Giants and Commanders play each other again, so someone's going to lose another uh, game again, there. Again. They could tie. Thank you. They, they tie. already tied. I know. Okay. I'm going to go out on a limb and predict against that this week. Washington's winning that game this weekend. Over New York. Yes. So Washington yes. will only have five losses. The Giants will only have six. If Dallas loses out, they'd have seven losses. Fair point. So it is still possible. And the Commanders play the Cowboys in the final game. The only thing that's not possible, Philadelphia and San Francisco don't make the playoffs. Right. Everything else is on the table. They I think in. Chicago may have been eliminated uh, at 3-10. I, I bet you could say this about the NFC East. Someone else in there has clinched a wild card. I don't know which team. But is it mathematically possible that no one from the East goes other than Philly? I don't think so. Man, that's a I great question. I don't, I, don't, no, I don't think there's any way. I think you're right because yeah. Dallas would be ten and seven. Right. Let's say Washington and the Giants both end up uh, seven, that, eight, and two. Right. With the two ties, uh, the Lions could pass them. Yep. And Seattle could pass them. You still got one more team. I don't know. And, and I don't you're think not going to get Carolina or Atlanta to do that. They only have five wins. Right. Yeah. So, so I think you're right. Yeah. I think that, yeah, someone other than Philly from the East is going. Peter in Napa here on Willard and Dibs. Hey, Peter, what are you doing? I'm just sitting here listening to you guys. I love you. Out of bed. I have to say, uh, I love you. New England fan. New England fan my whole life. Grew up in Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island. And you know we've been we've been spoiled up in New England with all the teams in Boston and it goes it's you know centuries but I don't know centuries but anyway watching him last night the way he looked off those two receivers and then two down the middle of McCaffrey I just say God darn because of very good maturity at, at you know very green but still you if you watched him for the first game you would not know he's as green as he is and I don't I don't see a downside to San Fran right now. I mean, how they've got they've got him and Garoppolo's still there. They got the other quarterback. They've got two injured quarterbacks that they really they were almost stuck with. I think this could be the surprise of the year. This guy could come out and be just what he looks like. He could be a winner. I'll tell you what. I mean, yeah, yeah he's he's got that look. Peter, thank you so much. Uh, it, it makes me want to ask this question because everyone wants to know uh, what do we believe. You know, are we supposed to just go all in on Brock Purdy? Looks like he does this well. Looks like he does that well. Give me something in 11 quarters that you've seen that you think Brock doesn't do well. Man, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah, well, don't wait too long because we got another hour on the show with the changeover coming at uh, 11.55. And I, I don't know 
if you can look at anything based on what he's done so far and say he doesn't do that. Does he move? He moves pretty well in the pocket. Does he command the offense, the line of scrimmage? Yes, he does. Can he throw the deep ball? Yes, he can. Can he execute ball fakes in the RPO and the stretch run offense? Yes, he can. Does he have the ability to get off of his primary read and find the open man? Yes, he can. I don't know. You'd have to nitpick really hard to find what he hasn't done well. You might be able to answer that with something that you're like, I'm not sure yet. I mean, yeah, there's not a ton of... And I know there have been... I haven't seen him throw an underhanded pass yet like Mahomes. (laughs) So there's that. Right. Right. I mean, he throws the ball downfield. We haven't seen... A lot of, and the 49ers just don't do this a lot, but it, there hasn't been a lot of like go route stuff. Yeah. Where it's just like, all right, we're going 55 yards in the air. Danny Gray, take off, hit you stride for stride. But I can't tell you that he can't do it. I just haven't seen it yet. So you could answer it that way where you're like, look, we don't know blank. So sure, I guess you could, but there's not a damn thing that I've watched him do and say, you don't do that well. He's done everything well. Yeah. Every. I mean, he's been All incredible. Yeah, ball security. And even last night where there was a play, I think, in the third quarter where he was going to take a sack, and he took the sack. Right. He covered up. He went down. He protected the ball. He protected himself, and he, he lived to fight another play. That's an impressive thing from a young kid who normally would be trying to make a play, and he saw that he was going down, and he just took it like Tom Brady does. Unbelievable. Monster sack. Want to remember That's or remind you that is about our merch shop, including the Red Hot Relevant T-shirt with Brock Purdy's number in there. And by the way, Bonita in San Jose, Pam in Gig Harbor, Washington, John in Napa, they all bought these Relevant T-shirts today. So get yours now and have it for the postseason and get them in time uh, for the holidays. Uh, you can do the same. 957thegameshop.com 957thegameshop.com We got a bunch more of your phone calls to get to, so we're coming to you next. 888-957-9570 Plus, I got 30 seconds on Carlos Rodon signing with the New York Yankees. We'll get to that coming up next as well on Willard and Dips. Bye! Dante DiVincenzo. Now back to Willard and Diggs. Take it away, Mark. No problem, Dante. We're just going to need 33 from you tonight. All right? There we go. Uh, Warriors and Sixers right here on 95.7 The Game. Get your merch at 957thegameshop.com. Get your tickets to the uh, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Guess who's going to be there this year? Coming up in February. AT&T, Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Hey, that's Tiger. No, not no, Tiger. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. Buster Posey. Oh, really? Buster Posey is now going to be in this golf tournament. Makes sense. He does not have to worry about pitchers and catchers reporting. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I was out there the year that uh, Matt Cain was playing. It was like three or four Mm -hmm. groups in a row of Giants. And uh, it's pretty fun watching them. And always good crowds down there in the Monterey Peninsula for the AT&T Pebble Beach National Pro-Am. I love it. I love that event. No. <laughs> we used to go every year when I was in my uh, mid-20s with my brother Mikey 1.0. We would go down there and uh, get Have a, a motel time. room. and uh, <laughs> Yeah, had, uh, exactly. had quite, quite a weekend. Quite a weekend, I bet. No doubt. By the way, speaking of the Giants, just real quick, with Rodon going to the Yankees, 
Six years, $162 million. No surprise. The only surprise, I guess, is he didn't get the seventh year that some people were talking about. But it's $27 million a year for Rodon. And uh, I definitely would have, you know, I, you love Rodon to still be on the team. The Giants are now probably going to, he's going to start one of the first three games of the year, I would imagine, which is going to be against the Giants at Yankee Stadium. So all that might hurt a little bit. I just feel like the Giants are probably, they've probably written in ink, we, the Giants, we, we promise to never sign a starting pitcher for five plus years ever again, no matter right. what his name is. And I kind of support it. it. It like you take Max Scherzer off the table and it's never worked. It doesn't. It's just it's never a good idea. Right. Um Mathematically, but even if word, yeah, you know, even if you, I get it. If, I you, get it. if you take it in terms of like the Correa contract, thirteen years, and if the back three or four of those aren't good, yeah. at least you're getting nine, probably quality years. And the Giants, by the way, signed two pitchers for the same AAV as the Yankees signed the one because the even, stripling even less, plus Manaya is just just shy of yeah, twenty seven combined. Yeah, about twenty uh twenty five, twenty six. Twenty five. Twenty five uh for, for those two guys. And you know, yeah, they're not Carlos Rodon, but but I, I, I get it. I get it. especially because it's someone who pitches once every five days and you usually don't let him go past the sixth inning. Yeah. So I I, I understand. It's very, very different than Otis Bird on the YouTube with a great line, he says the Giants have PTZD from Barry Zito, <laughs> post-traumatic Zito disorder. Yeah, from Zito yeah. and Cueto. <laughs> I, I kind of twisted it for yes. you, Otis, because you meant to say Pete. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. PTZD. You did. You, you, you comedied it up. I had to. You did. You did. It, it's legit PTZD. Um, Seven years and $126 million. Um, From PTSD to Per D. Let's get back to Per D. Mike in San Jose. That. That's a four. There you go. Uh, Mike in San Jose here with uh, with Willard and Dibs. Mike, what are you doing? Oh, man. You know, we're driving to work, man. You know, late start today. Good for you. But uh, I just want to say, hey, love the show, man. Love you guys, man. You guys do a great job, you know, breaking down everything for the people. But, uh, you know, I just want to, with, with Purdy, man, I mean, I, I love what he's doing. I love the vision. But, I mean, the rookie mistakes, I feel, might catch up to him with these top defenses. I don't know how many times he, we've gotten lucky uh, with all these dropped interceptions. Well, well, well. Why don't we let's put a number on it, Mike? Uh, because you called them all these dropped interceptions. I've seen a total of one. Uh, there was also another one that was overturned. But I, I'll, I'll tell you this: if you go to any NFL quarterback right now, uh, even if their last name is Mahomes or Allen, and you said, uh, "Okay, I'm gonna give you two interceptions every eleven quarters," do you know what they would say? Where do I sign for fifty million dollars a year? Like, I don't. You, you say all these rookie mistakes. What what rookie mistakes? There've been a couple in in three games. No, no, for sure. I, I love what he's doing. I love the sliding. You know, he's he's he's, he's real posed out there. I just feel like if with the turnovers and how close as the, the last Seattle game was, we might be having a different conversation if they were to capitalize on it. 
It's interesting, Mike. Thanks for the call. I, I, As I just, Lo Neal famously said, I see it differently. if it's and nuts were candies and nuts, well, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. Let, let, Thank you, Lolo. My, my if from last night, you know, you want to call that a one-score game, and I never will. I'm just not going to agree, and I I know this is going to sound <laughs> right? You know where I'm going. There are yeah, it's a one-score game, Mark. I mean, there, there are, <laughs> and factually, you're correct. Those are facts. Yeah, but but listen, it was 28-3. to three. And they messed it up. And and there are always messed up he calls. He messed it up. There are always messed up calls. I don't want to go into that. Nicky Bosa. There are always messed up calls in a mm-hmm. game. But you've even said this, everyone has. You watched that game last night. There was not one second of the game where it felt like it was in doubt. Not one. The Niners had that game the whole time. Even when they went three and out. Not so stressful. Seattle gets a first down, they totally. punt. Niners go three and out, they punt. Seattle gets the ball back, and I don't think any of us were thinking, oh, God, here we go. Here come the Seahawks. They were moving the ball. They weren't doing anything. DK Metcalf was already frustrated three plays into the game. So I don't don't look at, at anything these last three weeks, which, by the way, not the highest level of competition, but not the lowest. Look, all three teams that they've beaten the last three weeks are playoff contenders. One of them is definitely going. The other one is probably going to win the division, and and the last one is your division rival who's had a winning record all year. This is these are not cupcakes that Brock Purdy is beating. And here's one of my favorite expressions. Yeah. Well, those guys are paid professionals too. Well, they are, and they are. They but are. That's, yeah, if we are, you in, know, the, in the fact realm. Normally, we save that for a team like the Texans when we don't want well. to devalue a win like that. But your point about that game never feeling in doubt. Seattle goes punt, punt, punt. Second quarter, punt, field goal, fumble, punt. And you're at the half, third quarter, field goal, and then it's punt, punt, garbage time, touchdown. That game never for once felt anything other than in the bag. They had two yards, Mark, two <laughs> yards inside the first quarter. Yeah. That's I it. Just, like, we're, he's going to make a mistake at some point, and everyone's going to go, oh, there's the rookie mistake. There it is. And actually, you know what? No, let's just remove the word rookie. Just call it a mistake because he hasn't done anything else that makes him look like a rookie. The mistakes he makes are going to be the same mistakes that Tom Brady makes. Oh, rookie mistake. Tom got picked twice. And we're all focused on the one time that Brock Purdy got picked and it got overturned by a flag. The GOAT, who's been around since all of us were babies, threw two picks. So everyone's going to throw picks. Brock Purdy, too. But I, I don't see a whole lot of mistakes that he's gotten away with. I just don't even see a whole lot of mistakes. Right. And there have been mistakes all. that he's gotten away with. But you're right in terms of how many other teams do that. Mahomes, Allen, all these quarterbacks. Every time you know it, you're at risk of it being intercepted. There are 11 players on the other team <laughs> who are hell-bent on taking it away. Trained killers. Exactly. Niners, yeah. Niners, by the way, fourth in the NFL in giveaway, takeaway, turnover ratio at a plus seven. Do you yeah. know who the three teams ahead of them are? Ooh, giveaway, takeaway ratio. Thank you, Spadone. The 49ers are plus seven. Three teams have a better giveaway, takeaway ratio. One of them's got to be Philadelphia. Correct? Yeah. Number one, one in a plus 14. Be, one of them's got to be Philadelphia, and I don't think that the other two are necessarily the obvious ones. Um, I'm going to say... That Baltimore. Look at the big brain on Brett. Uh-huh. And then Baltimore's number two. Game. Philly's one. Baltimore two. Eh, is um, three. Niners are four. And uh, some other teams are oh, below them. Oh, are you saying Minnesota? 
There are five, actually. Oh, no. Who's number three? You never let me get to it. Oh, no, you can guess. I only made two guesses. Oh, okay. I thought you... You made the Steiny noise, so I assumed you meant Minnesota. Yeah. Because he loves Minnesota. No, the team I was going to guess was going to be uh, Dallas. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah. Look at Mark yeah. Willard. Yeah. You son of an English yeah. teacher. No, it's not. Kansas City and Buffalo lead the league in interceptions. Like, well, like yeah. I mean, Mahomes and Allen... Our double-digit interception guys. Houston, by the way, leads the league. Leads. 16 uh, picks they've thrown. Then Indy. Yeah. Then the Rams and Pittsburgh. Buffalo's thrown 11. Kansas City's also thrown 11. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes and Allen both have 11 picks. Uh, I think Brock Purdy, if I'm remembering this correctly, he's going to one pick, right? One pick, and it was against Miami uh, when he threw. It was a garbage time and pick. It was, right. it was at threw, the end of the half. Well, it was the fourth down. Right. It was the fourth down, and so he forced, you know, it was like the one-on-one. Yeah, good call. It ended up actually being a good thing that it was picked because it was fourth down. If he drops it, they get the ball back at midfield, but he caught it, so they got it down by the 20. Um, that's the only pick Brock Purdy has thrown. He's done a phenomenal, phenomenal job. 888-957-9570. More of your calls next. Danny and Goo are going to jump in here. That's what's up next on the game. Brought to you by Fremont Bank. Full service banking. No compromises. Also sponsored by Bed Bath & Beyond on Willard & Dibs. Farts! Fake toss. Two fake tosses. And then the Kittle over the middle. Touchdown San Francisco. He faked it to McLeod. He faked it to McCaffrey. And then hits Kittle over the middle. Tell me this guy doesn't look like he's in his seventh year in the league. He's definitely the most um, poised rookie I've ever had. He's been like that since he's gotten here. From what I hear about him in college, I think he was very similar. You know, just starting as a freshman. I mean, he's been great. I mean, he was poised all week. Even him being unsure of whether he'd be able to go or not. You know, I think that was uneasy for him because he didn't know what to expect until he got in the game. Under circumstances, I, uh, we didn't have any other options or choices. We we're going to see how long he could last when we were ready to go with Josh. But he just, he got comfortable and got better as the game went. And it was pretty unbelievable. Now, back to Willard and Dick. On 95.7 The Game. Uh, just amazing stuff. And I am all up in my Kyle Shanahan feelings today. More on that in just a second. More of your phone calls, Steiny and Goo as well. But the very first thing I want to say right now, as we get ready for the changeover, knowing that uh, you, Dan Dibley, uh, you are headed off Going. for the remainder of 2022 yeah. after this segment. So uh, I just want to give you a shout. I want to give you some praise. I want to thank you for the year that 2022 has been. I can't wait for 2023. And I hope your holidays and everything with your brand new growing family are amazing over the next couple of weeks and beyond as well. Yeah, thank you, Mark. Back at you, and thank you to all the great listeners, those on YouTube and Twitch and everyone over the traditional terrestrial radio for being so supportive, not only of Willard and Dibs, Kyle and Spadoni, but the entire station. It's been a great year for our station, and I really look forward to 2023 after a long respite for you, boy. Out of babe. Out of yeah. babe. You deserve it. Well earned. And uh, then just to let everybody know, though, I will... I will slog all the way up <laughs> until, <laughs> up until Christmas Eve. I'll be here next week and uh, and uh, and Kyle is going to be hanging on the show. So we're going to have some fun and uh, take it all the way up to Christmas and and then I'll do the same thing you're doing and head for the hills. Good. Alright, 888-957-9570. So, a couple things. I wanted to say this and then Mike Silver just wrote something on Twitter that furthers the point. Um, I remember texting you guys about this last night or, or emailing you. The story came out. Charverius Ward at one point went into the medical tent to have a concussion checked. He cleared. 
But Kyle Shanahan did not put him back in the game. And he stated after the game, I just didn't feel right about it. I looked at him. I didn't feel good about it. And so we kept him on the sideline. Bravo. I mean, it, it, it almost brings me to emotion. Bravo to be that. You want to know why the 49er players think Kyle's the damn man? It's because of stuff like that. To have your players back in that situation, to put that above football and above the score, and I know the cynicism of, well, they were leading by two touchdowns, so it makes it easy. Forget about it. That's an awesome move, and it's furthered by what Mike Silver just wrote on Twitter 10 minutes ago when he states, I spoke to Charvarius Ward in the locker room last night, and the first thing he looked at me and said was, I have a concussion. So he cleared the protocol, but he knows he's got a concussion. Shanahan knows he's got a concussion. Kyle won't let him go back in the game, but it begs the larger question, what the hell is going on right. with the concussion protocol? With the protocol, yeah. Because it's not working. You're sending, you're still sending people back out into the game who have concussions. Without a doubt. And it's, you know, it's one of those things where the protocol is either not being followed or it's not thorough enough or whatever the, the steps are that are being taken to ensure that players don't go back out with concussions or not, the protocol clearly doesn't work. Now, I'll say this in defense of the concussion protocol. A lot of times, the concussion symptoms don't automatically present themselves a day later. in the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah, It can be much later. I, I told the story before about freshman basketball player I had when I was coaching girls at Santa Fe High. She went to save a basketball at uh, Archie Williams, knee Drake High, saves the ball, crashes into the wall. She went down for a moment. She got up. I took her out of the game. I ended up putting her back in the game. I thought she was fine. Four hours later, she's at home throwing up. She goes to the hospital. She's got a concussion. Now, I didn't know then what I know now about head injuries. I never would have put her back in the game. But to that point, this concussion protocol, you get hit, you're down on the field, and if you don't automatically have concussion symptoms in the moment, you could easily pass the protocol, totally, totally. especially when you've got the adrenaline that an NFL player has. You know, when the adrenaline goes down and the concussion symptoms present, at that point, you probably wouldn't pass the protocol that you passed in the moment. So we need to take a look at how we're assessing these players and determine a better way to go about yeah, it. Yeah, look, it's just like the disease CTE that we all know about. Like, you can't really actually know 100% if someone has it until after they've passed away. Because it's not something, it's not like you just open up the head and take a look. Everything okay in there? So I get it. It's never going to be a perfect system. But the, the, the final analysis is is to uh, a shout out to Kyle Shanahan yeah. using his gut and, and, and also prioritizing his people. Um, over uh, over the football game, so uh, you know that that part to me is uh, is really really impressive and and was worth noting. Um, let's go to Vince in the city. Hey Vince, you're on with Willard and Dims. What are you doing, Vince? Vince, hey, you there? Vincent. Yeah, what's up? What up, Vince? But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to talk about Brock Purdy and how he reminds me um, of some of the traits that he has, his fearlessness and just like this strange calming confidence that he has as a young player. Reminds me a lot of the way Brett Favre would play the game. You look at some of the throws and these small windows that he throws through, he's fearless. He doesn't care. He's out there having fun, throwing the football, trying to win, making plays. Brett Favre, as much of a gunslinger as he was, 
I see Brock Purdy being that same type of gunslinger, and I mean, the only knock that I have, and it's not really a knock, I just haven't seen it yet, like you guys touched on earlier, is the deep ball. Some of the deep balls that I've seen have been somewhat short. I don't know if the last, not against Seattle, but on Sunday, he hit, uh, I think, IU deep in that, in the left corner of it. Are you kind of stop and turn around? Right. And wait for the ball. You know what, I, I, Vince? I'm glad you brought that play up. I, I, I've heard a lot of people say that that ball was underthrown, and I think that they're they're not fully. Uh, noting that Brock Purdy was basically falling backwards with a defender uh, about to uh, about to crush him. He was doing it off of his back leg. And oh, by the way, every quarterback will tell you this. If you do get someone to run free down the field, you are much better off underthrowing him than overthrowing him. Same corner of the field, Trey Lance week one, Chicago Bears, Tyler Croft runs free, Lance hucks it over his head. Yeah. You'd rather be a little bit short, catch it. If you go down to the two-yard line, you do. If it's over his head, you get nothing out of it. I I, I loved that throw last week by Brock Purdy. I thought it was great. Yeah. And and it was a touchdown. Absolutely. And that's sometimes the, the smartest thing you can do, like you said. Even if the guy is being defended, you throw it underneath, and a lot of times the defender can't help but not look at the ball, slow down, and crash into the offensive player, and you get the flag. So the underthrow, now it's called a back shoulder. Back in the day, yeah. you, say, oh, you just underthrew him, but now you can say, oh, it was intentional. It was a back shoulder. Uh, let's get one more in here. D in Walnut Creek. Hey, D, what's going on? What are you doing? Uh, well, I'm, I'm preparing a crown roast for tonight's dinner party. Look you know, at you. If at my house, Sunday, it'd be, it would be Willard and Ribs. That's <laughs> a four. Everyone gets a minimum I'm, four of that. I'm, I'm just impressed that you're cooking on a Friday night, D. I can never do it. I've never got the energy left to cook on a Friday night, but 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 good on you. Well, I'm a, I'm a damn good cook. Anyway, I got oh, two things. There you go. You know, Cooper Rush is, was given the same accolades, and then he fizzled like an old candle. Number two, uh, Odell Beckham has step-like gravity. He will sign with the Cowboys later today or tomorrow morning. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm. I think I'm out on both of these takes. By the way, and let's get cowboy, <laughs> let's get, let's get cowboy fan guru in here. Odell Beckham. As soon as he said he only wanted to play in the playoffs, I think the whole league was like, "Well, then kick rocks." This like, dude is a narcissist. Yeah, he can't yeah, even like, physically play, but he wants to play yeah. like he can right. play. So his Instagram and IG, it's just like what? this is the stupidest story I've what ever mean? heard. Yeah. And by the way, hello, Stanley. Hey, yeah, how you hello. doing? Now, so, yeah. hold on. The other thing yeah, that he said, <laughs> Cooper. Rush, I like. I watched all the Cooper I Rush games. Hear that too. Like, well, he said he was comparing Brock Purdy to Cooper Rush. Like, he was getting his flowers for three weeks and then it fizzled. Yeah, I never felt that Cooper Rush looked like Brock Purdy looks. And I never heard people talk about Cooper the way they're talking about Brock. Yeah, Do you no, think no. there's a comparison? No, not at all. No. Okay. Hey, no shade in Cooper Rush. Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. From people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay. 